Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome once again to the WP Builds podcast. Nice to have you around. This is episode number 246 entitled Building Your Own Social Network with the Friends plugin. It was published on Thursday the 9th of September 2021. My name's Nathan Wrigley and I will be joined in a little while by Alex Kirk so that we can chat about his Friends plugin and hopefully give you some useful information about whether it might be useful for you. But before that, a little bit of housekeeping. If you wouldn't mind sharing this podcast, if you get something out of it, if you enjoy it, please share it with anybody that you like, your friends, your colleagues, your pets, whatever you see fit, whatever platform you see fit. But if you are listening to it on a podcast player, something like Apple Podcasts, then please give us a star rating. And obviously, the more stars you give us, the happier it makes us. Another thing to suggest is going over to wpbuilds.com. That's our website where we keep everything. We've curated all of our content over there. That's podcast episodes and This Week in WordPress episodes, which we do live every Monday. You could subscribe to that stuff. Go to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe and you'll be able to keep in touch. We'll send you an email each time we produce a bit of content. Another thing that I mention most weeks is wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. It's our deals page and it's a bit like Black Friday, but every single day of the week, loads of money off with coupon codes, tons of WordPress products and services over on that page. Go check it out, wpbuilds.com forward slash deals and save yourself a bit of money this week. Another one to mention is wpbuilds.com forward slash advertise. If you would like to have your product or service in the WordPress space put in front of a WordPress specific audience, we would love to help you with that. Like we've helped AB split test. Do you want to set up your AB split test in record time? The new AB split test plugin for WordPress, it'll have you up and running in a couple of minutes. You can use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. That could be buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder, and the WordPress block editor. Check it out. Get a free demo. absplittest.com. Also, I would like to say we're putting the Page Builder Summit back on. It's happening in October this year. And if you are keen to help us out with that event and become a sponsor, we would very much love to hear from you. Use the contact form on the WP Builds website and let me know and I will get back to you right away if you would like to sponsor the Page Builder Summit. Okie dokie, that's all my housekeeping for this week. Now we will get on to the preamble for the podcast. Episode number 246, I'm talking today with Alex Kirk, and we're talking about his Friends plugin. We actually have a really long preamble in this episode, probably for about 20 minutes or so. We talk about the, the possible pitfalls of being engrossed in social media. That's not just the time suck, but also the fact that it's consuming lots of data, and who knows what's going to be done with all that data. I'm sure you've had these concerns before. So we talk about that, and then we talk about his alternative to all of that, which is his Friends plugin, which enables you to set up, if you like, your own social network, but a whole lot more. So if you're interested in having control over your social life online, this will probably be a good episode for you. I hope that you enjoy it. Hello there, welcome to the WP Builds podcast. 
This is going to be a really fascinating discussion, or at least I hope it is. I'm joined today by Alex Kirk. How are you, Alex? Hello, I'm fine, thank you. How Alex, you? yeah, I'm good, thanks. Alex is joining us from Austria. I think that's right. You're in Vienna, I think you said. Is that that's is that where right. you live, or are you on vacation there, or? Born and raised here. Born and raised, okay. Um, we're going to have a, a really, I think, probably a broad-ranging conversation. The intention, ultimately, is to bring attention to Alex's plugin, which is called Friends. It's a, it's a kind of like a social network built inside of WordPress kind of idea. But uh, before we get onto that and tell you how you can find it and so on and so forth, I thought it might be quite interesting to get into the subject of social media, um, the sort of addiction that many people seem to have to those kind of platforms and why Alex has decided to build this kind of stuff. So firstly, Alex, if it's all right with you, rather than talking about the plugin specifically, do you just want to, if it's possible, are you able to paint a picture of what your desire was when you decided to build your plugin? What was it that you were trying to uh, help people with? Right, so... Um, I think everybody, almost everybody on the internet has some sort of urge to consume um, what other people are posting online. It's like not only news or um, like information put on the internet by companies, but also by individuals. And for that, you usually have to use social platforms that enable uh, people to post something online. And that also always means that there is somebody else involved. So there might be some service that they're using to write online what you're interested in or post photos online. And when I basically, I, I suppose one of the, the turning points for me was when I had kids and I wanted to share my own private information, pictures of my kids who can't decide by themselves if they want their information online, share them with people, relatives and friends uh, over the internet. And yeah, it's it's kind of hard to decide what to do with that. How do you send somebody else a, a photo or how do you make it available for, for your friends and family and be sure that nobody else has access to that? And how can I get rid of the data again if, if I want it? And as soon as somebody else is involved, it's really hard to make the decision and to call what to do. So, um, yeah, I suppose this this was the point where I, yeah, I, I figured I was a bit out of options. Like there was there was no really way to do it. There is, you can send direct messages to people, but that doesn't really scale. Um, and many of the, the the features of a of a social platform are kind of interesting. That comments can be uh, can be submitted for for something, and there can be interactions between your peers um, among them. So there are there are benefits to social platforms, of course. And uh, yeah, at the time when I when I figured what to do, um, I was already doing a lot with WordPress and that basically gave me the idea like could we do all of this with just WordPress and that's basically how how the work on this started okay 
do you are you kind of a user of the social platforms which we're all familiar with i mean when when i'm talking about social platforms i'm not just really talking about one i'm trying to hoover them all <laughs> up into the into the same thing so when i say social networks i'm really talking about things like twitter and facebook and instagram and all of them really you said that you are sort of like a, a modest user of them. Do you, do you find that there is utility in them? Do you use them and gain something worthwhile out of them? Or do, are you at the point where you're just trying to step away from it all? I suppose each platform has its own benefits. So talking about Twitter, for example, there's public interaction. There's um, basically you can build an audience about... Uh, like professional topics, for example. So I see Twitter more positive than Facebook, where on Facebook, like personally, I have friends and family who post things there that I reluctantly check um, and interact with there. But inside Facebook, it's a silo. Um, you can't access the information from outside in any way which... Um, we might talk about later with the about the plugin. With Twitter, it's available and it's more open. So, um, but on the other hand, the audiences that I see on Twitter are more on the professional end and less on the personal space, which is by design. And yeah, so there are some platforms that I feel are a bit more acceptable to be part of, and others where there's a lot of reluctance and social lock-in that um, keeps people there. My my sort of impression of social networks is basically one of decline. You know, it's going. They're all going down in my estimation, which is which is not something I I would have imagined myself saying. But I'm becoming more skeptical about the use of them, and as a result, I'm using them less. I feel that. If we rewound the clock 20 years ago to the point where the internet was just sort of coming about, the the offer of the internet was really incredible. You know, you could access an infinite amount almost of information and it was really useful for that. You, you People create websites and put their information on there and all of a sudden you, you had access to, to information. So it, it almost felt like the internet at that point was a bit like a library, an online library. There was just people putting stuff out there. Hopefully it was thoughtful, but it was certainly, you know, you had to spend time and curate the stuff and almost be an, an editor. And then, of course, you had news websites and so on. And, and, and so it went. And then things like email crept into the internet and, and that all went online in a browser. So things like Gmail came along and Hotmail and all of that kind of stuff. And again, at that point, it was incredibly useful. Wow, look at this. I've got something I don't need to have a, a particular computer to work from. I can access my my email, the, my correspondence from any computer. I just have to log in and this is fabulous. This is another great use. And, and of course, you fast forward and these social platforms come along and again, right at the outset, incredible. This is so useful. Look, I can I can talk to people that I haven't spoken to in years and I can communicate with people from what, what then became a mobile phone. Just it's always in my pocket. This is absolutely wonderful. And then more recently, I feel that that promise has faded a bit for me. I feel that the trust that I once put in the companies 
running all of these things. So the email, the social networks and everything, really. I feel that I feel that the balance has tipped to the point where I'm now surrendering so much of myself that it feels, it almost feels, I'm I'm getting nervous about it. There's bits of me which think, wow, why do they need all of this? How am I giving it away for free? And I don't know if any of that sort of works for you or you understand where I'm coming from. I think it's really hard to judge um, whether there's a decline in social networks or not, because we are in our own filter bubble. Um, There are many areas around the world where we don't have really a big insight into what social networks are being used there and whether they are being used more or less. It's really hard to understand, Um, for example, like when going to Asia, um, here you might be used to services like Uber, and in Asia it's Grab, and many people never have heard of Grab before. So the same is true for social networks, and they might be on the rise in Asian countries where here we feel in our bit maybe more privacy-focused bubble that um, their use is declining. So I think there's a lot of people who consume more than they post and there is usually this one percent rule of like one percent of people will actually post something so maybe that's part of why you might be seeing a decline but in general i think it's it's really there might be some audiences where there is decline and more consciousness about privacy especially in europe um but i think there are other yeah it's 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 hard to generalize, and um, I hope that maybe audiences like ours or like people who are a bit more privacy aware and try out other ways of communicating in a more private or privacy aware way um, can lead to influencing people to think more about it. But I think to a big degree, there's, it's about convenience. And they're still incredibly convenient and everything that's less or that's more privacy aware is usually less convenient. And that's a bridge that we all, I think, are interested or should be interested in in working on. Yeah, I think that's a really nice point that privacy is inconvenient by by definition, I suppose, almost. But I, I am also completely aware of the the irony of what I've just said, because obviously I am on the internet all the time. Many people will see that I post things through our Facebook group onto Facebook. And so I can see that I I am really not eating my own dog food, if you like. And, and so I'm conflicted. I can totally see the utility of all of the things that I've just railed against. The fact that I can communicate with people ostensibly for free, as in free as in beer. I can message anybody on the other side of the world and I can do video calls and I can use an online platform to be speaking with you right now. I guess my my concern is that it's becoming obvious to me over time that that I'm surrendering a lot of things and I simply don't know what's happening with them. And I'm just sort of slightly concerned that we're raising a generation of, of young people 
who are brought up in this environment where right from the word go, from a very early age, they are posting pictures of themselves. You know, everything goes online. The entire chat history of their life will be available should it need to be inspected by somebody. And those are the things that concern me. So I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping I'm not coming across as a Luddite because that's not the idea that I want to come across. But I am, I am concerned increasingly that, that privacy is something that we've kind of forgotten about because it's so much easier to forego your privacy and just to use all of these services with very little understanding of what the information that I'm supplying to them is being used for. I think there is a bit of a conflict of interest in what types of social activities we have. So for you with a podcast, for example, you're trying to build an audience. And for that, social networks are really good. Yeah. Um, but when you talk about things that are more private, that are meant for your family or close friends, then certain social networks are not very well suited. And I think there is a lack of options to a certain degree. For example, if you want to post private pictures, like photos of your kids, then you don't have too many options. You can either go on Facebook where there's privacy settings for that, or you could go the direct message way where you use Signal or WhatsApp or something to send send them to specific people that you selected. And also that comes with the inconvenience of that there's like a predefined group of people and then you have to think of adding people and removing people and whatever. And um, f so for that, there is like, there are not as many social networks available um, that are useful for that. When you try to build an audience and when you're talking about uh, professional content, there's much more, uh, many more options. So um, that's why I think there's these two fundamentally different um, goals that you have from your internet communication. One is sharing something with a limited audience and the other one is like spreading content and trying to actually increase an audience. Yeah, I guess I guess one of the biggest problems that I face with my internal conflict of, of use of social media is, well, firstly, there's the thing of time. You know, it is a real time suck. You can you can go down the, the rabbit hole of a social network and intend to just wander in for a couple of minutes. And, you know, honestly, an hour later, you could just be mindlessly scrolling through things which in no way, shape or form did you have any desire to look at when you first glanced at Facebook, for example. So there's one thing, time. And the other thing is, I, I don't really, I don't really have a tangible reason to be so um, sceptical in that Facebook has literally, and none of, I keep saying Facebook, I should say social network, because that's what I actually mean. None of them have done me any harm. I can't point to a thing where I, I think, actually, do you know what? That that moment was a, a real crisis for me. The the social network has done me some damage because it's all so benign. You know, the, the, the thing which we're all, uh, which we're moaning about is targeted advertising, for example, or just the hoovering up of data, which is sitting on a server somewhere, which could be used in the future. But I guess the what I'm trying to say is I actually feel like I've been done no harm by these things. I'm just a little bit nervous that things 
could happen in the future and we're just letting this this steamroller carry on and carry on and use more of our time and suck up more information from us and be given more data there's more sharing between all of these platforms that know what we're up to all the time and it's always on in our pocket and so on so i suppose my my fear is that something may happen in the future which we didn't predict yeah i i think you've got a point there i mean there's so far like they haven't harmed us and but the data is there and there's always the chance that some entity will become interested in getting to that data so on the one hand with big services there's always the chance of a big data breach where they might keep a server without access permissions and then somebody will download anything they can get and you know usually i think for most people it's fair to say that um nobody specifically after their their private data but there's always a chance that you're being caught up in the big phishing net of somebody like getting everything that's available when there's a data breach so there's there's a chance that accidentally stuff of you will get revealed because you're just one of many people in there but on the other hand if somebody if something should happen where somebody wants to like get the data that you've posted online it's it's rather easy to go through the channels of um existing platforms so yeah it's it's that's part of the the difficulty about privacy and communicating privacy because most of the time it works and nothing happens um but what if right yeah the the other thing that i'm also c kind of concerned about is that I wonder what the boundary is typically for people's reservations about what they put online. So, for example, for me, there's there's some red lines, you know, that I, I wouldn't post pictures of this situation. It might be something, you know, that I want to keep private, like something that I'm doing with my family or what have you. And I, I would choose not to post those. I may, of course, choose to modify my language to be slightly more more polite so that any any scraping of data in the future only saw a good version of myself but I, I i'm really interested as to as to what people's boundaries there are you know do people post pictures completely blasé to what it where it is that they're putting it so you know pictures that they may live to regret and this is a concern for me as well is that we, we need to educate people that it is possible for this data to be breached it is being held somewhere and as a result somebody could access that stuff and and that's just another point i suppose we, it feels like we're slowly but surely as a species is probably a little bit grand of a word but it, it feels like th this experiment is rolling out and we're becoming less and less concerned it's all right you know no harm has come just post that picture or whatever say that thing and that kind of bothers me as well. In a way, you have to say it's people's right as well to not exactly. care. Um, but on the other hand, I feel that there should be options for people who do care. And if there is not enough demand or people um, don't realize that they should care, then there would be no options. And um, I'm glad that we do live in a world where... Uh, there is like open source and um, software available for people to trust in 
at least to the point where you can, if you know code well enough to check what's going on, um, which is something that you don't know about any of the third parties. They're typically closed source. You don't, we don't know what code runs on Facebook, what really happens to something that you enter there. Um, like what behavioral data they might collect when you use their service. Mm. Does it m make a difference if you stop scrolling when there's an ad? Is that already enough, right? Stuff like that is somebody else is watching you while you're on a service. So it's not only about the data that you share explicitly, but also implicitly. So um, behavioral data, data about sites that you um, that you visit because of Facebook's omnipresence and um, the cookies that might be shared with them. They might be seeing, getting your browsing history even if you don't want them to. I feel that certainly from my perspective, it would appear that people are becoming more concerned about their presence online and about the information that's being hoovered up. I'm not sure that that is is true of the the population as a whole you and i are probably fairly unique in that we've we've got a position on this we probably thought about it a little bit um but i'm not sure that that would be the case across the whole uh, population but it but it does feel like new stories are cropping up on mainstream media a little bit more people do seem to be a little bit more concerned about this so we'll, we'll see how things change in the future just before we get into your plugin for WordPress, which obviously tackles some of these aspects, I'm just curious if you've got any any tools that you use which are not your plugin or WordPress that you recommend to people should they have concerns about sharing their things. So it might be a SaaS solution which you believe to be maybe more privacy focused or, or, or it could be another WordPress plugin or something like that. Well, I think for me, privacy starts in my browser and knowing what I consume and where. And um, there are many ways how to separate um, separate services from each other. So for example, I personally use Firefox with um, the multi-account containers, which basically give you like a incognito window for each service that you use. And you can come back to the same same window, and I think that's a pretty effective way of siloing in services that you might not trust so much. I did not even know that existed. So on the Firefox side, you can have an incognito window which maintains state. So if you if you shut the browser and close the computer down, when you restart the computer, you can be logged back in in a in a, in its own incognito state, which doesn't. You know, it's sort of sandboxed from the other tabs in the browser. Yes, to the point where, for example, you can have multiple accounts on a site and use separate containers to use them in the same browser window. That's so good. Okay, that's brilliant. Okay, thank you for that. I'm I'm going I'm going to download Firefox as soon as this podcast is over. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted. Do carry on. Um, and of course, there are all the other services that can do ad blocking or at least tracker blocking. Um, I use conservative settings on my browser that doesn't accept third-party cookies in the first place, um, which causes some inconvenience. I was going to say, yeah. And um, so, like, there is the option to whitelist services where necessary. So um, that's, I suppose, kind of the first line of defense. Um, that might be not like as we said before. It's 
a little inconvenient because it's more privacy aware and services might not work. Um, on my phone, I use Android. There's something um, similar called Tracker Checker, I think. Um, tracker Control, sorry. Um, which is kind of, I don't know if you know Little Snitch on the Mac, yeah, which basically right, yeah. tells you about what service will does this app want to contact. And that's a similar, similar thing for Android that you can use. Um, that also causes inconvenience. It makes apps break until you relax the settings for them. But at least you know what they're doing. And I do realize this is not for everybody. Not at all. It's for people who care and people who can live with being inconvenienced. Um, and I'm... To be honest, I'm not sure how much it really works or how, how much it really helps and if it's how much it is is it worth bothering and there is like side channels where the data might still be exchanged. But it at least gives you a bit of an introspective of is this app living up to its promise of communicating with this certain service and not communicating with anybody else. Mm. Okay, you um you have a few links that you posted in the the show notes that we that we shared before we hit record, and um, I'm just curious about what a couple of them are um, <laughs> because you've obviously felt the need to write them down. You've got this service; it's a git. It's on GitHub. It's called RSS Bridge. What's what's that about? Uh, probably it's important to to uh, mention that part of what makes the friends plugin work and the technology behind it is RSS, which probably is well known as a as a way to receive content um, from websites that offer RSS feeds. So you run into the problem when the service you want to follow doesn't offer an RSS feed. And RSS Bridge is a project that tries to gap the bridge between a service that doesn't provide RSS to getting an RSS feed of, of what you would like. So um, it's it's a project that's fairly active, but also prone to break a lot. <laughs> Yay. Because um, sometimes inadvertently, sometimes um, consciously services break whatever makes the RSS bridge for a certain service work. Um, honestly, the code quality sometimes questionable uh, because it's uh, lay people, so to speak, who, mm -hmm. who work on this because they they basically um, have their own need of wanting to consume something via RSS um, and build just build it themselves. And yet again, it's the beauty of open source. They can share a solution that works for them with the whole world. And... Um, so this oftentimes it's even like even if something is broken, it's a starting point for getting something getting something um, converted to RSS. Yeah. Okay, that's really interesting. There's also another um, website which you link to called Frady Cat. As with all, as is always the case, I will post some links in the show notes so that people don't have to go and Google <laughs> the irony. Google things. You'll be able to just click on a link in the show notes. But uh, what's Frady Cat? It's it's a bit of a similar situation here. So FradyCat itself is a browser extension that um, also follows a somewhat similar goal as the Friends plugin, as it tries to allow you to follow 
um, follow services or like people on services or um, or maybe uh, news outlets on services um, either if they offer RSS or um, if they don't offer RSS, they have their own way of still getting the content out, so to speak. So they have um, implemented their own... Uh, I suppose you can... It's it's based on conf configuration files that uh, contain rules for what to do when a certain URL comes along and how to get data from there. Um, so it's a flexible way of uh, fetching fetching content from services that, strictly speaking, don't offer RSS feeds. Nice. Okay, thank you. Um, another one which I've come across uh, anecdotally, I, I feel like I should have put more time into this particular website in the past, but I, I never have for reasons that I don't quite understand. But you've linked to IndieWeb.org, which is is probably a whole podcast in of itself but do you just want to briefly say what the the sort of motive of this website is what it's what it's intending what its directive is yeah so IndieWeb is um an initiative that tries to promote so they self-label them as a people-focused alternative to the corporate web uh essentially what they're trying to say is you should try and own your content to the point that you know where it goes and you'll be able to delete it if you want and you should be able to move your content where you want. And the easiest and um, I suppose to the point of how convenient it can get uh, to do that is to have your own website and to own your own domain. And by having your own domain, um, while it costs money, which Web services um, are you like many social networks are just for free, but it also means that you can use this domain name across services. So this puts you more into control. If you have your domain name, you will have to pay the registration fee, but then you can connect to that domain name whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Like you can have your own WordPress site, you can have some other form of web service that provides a website, but you can also use your domain for your own email address. You can set up whatever servers you want. You can have an IRC server or uh, your own DNS server if you want, or whatever. That's like the, a domain name liberates you from lots of the restrictions that that come with having an account somewhere. Like even if you have your own username that you use everywhere and then you come to a new web service late, your username is taken. So what do you do? Mm. That doesn't really happen with the domain name because you've registered it and it's yours to use. So yeah, the indie web tries to promote through certain... Um, they have like a set of technologies that they have uh, invented or are trying to promote that um, enable you to own your data in certain ways. So um, there's uh, authentication, there is um, web mention, which is a way to notify other websites of things that you've been doing that might be interesting for them. Um, there are ways to subscribe and publish in a generic way to websites so that um, you have a set of tools that you can use with your indie web compatible website. Um, it's something that I want to touch on later maybe as well is 
that usually with with a website service you have the convenience of um using their own app like facebook has their app twitter has their app and they're very convenient but if you have if you opt for doing your own thing then usually there's no app for that and you have to um go through the website and having standards around enables you to use indie web compatible apps with your own services. Mm. It, it feels like it's a real vibrant community within with, within the website. There's videos of, you know, whole summits and people gathering in the real world. So I highly recommend if you're curious about what, um, what Alex has just described that you go to indieweb.org um, and check it out. It may very well be something that uh, that you could you could really take the plunge and immerse yourself in. It looks absolutely fascinating. I'll come back to that um, after we finish the podcast. A bit like downloading Firefox. I'm going to properly explore <laughs> IndieWeb as well. Okay, let's move on because um, I realise that we've probably used up quite a bit of your time already talking about social networks and so on. Let's let's get on to really the the reason that we're having this chat today, uh, which is a WordPress plugin which you're behind. You can find it at wpfriends.at. I'm not I'm not entirely sure what the at, but you can probably uh, tell me about that in a minute. But uh, it's wpfriends.at on the internet. And uh, what is it? So just briefly, at is for Austria. So. Oh, I'm so sorry, Austria. <laughs> uh, no worries. Uh, interestingly, it's also used like in Cat, which doesn't have affiliation for Austria, but they use the old... If you can remember, delicious with the yes. sprinkled dots yes. in in the name, and make it a real domain. Yes. Um, so sometimes the dot at is also used for that. <laughs> so yeah, the friends plugin is a bit of a scratch my own pain. Um, it comes from, as I mentioned before, feeling that there were no options for having an experience like Facebook, for example, where you can share. Um, private uh, private information with others without involving a third party. And um, another aspect of it was that I felt it was kind of hard to follow some friends across different blogs that they might have or blog and Twitter and uh, whatever other services they might use. So a part of this is also to be able to... Um, subscribe to things that your friends are doing um, and put them like into one bucket, so to speak. So these are the, the two main motivations for creating this. So getting into how it works then, you've just described its sort of purpose. I can I could hopefully distribute messages and you could hopefully receive them and vice versa. But how does it actually work? Let's um let's go right back to the beginning. So we we go we download the plugin. From there, run us through what the configuration options are. You know what what is it that you can set up or enable or disable? And yeah, just give us an overview of how it actually works in principle. Right. So um, one thing that's important to me for plugins is that I'm trying to make use of the infrastructure that WordPress provides and not reinvent the wheel a lot. So the particular plugin, it doesn't use any custom tables. Um, it just uses what WordPress um, has available and uses them in a way that made sense to me as I implemented it. And I think there are a few aspects to it that really show how it's actually a good fit to WordPress. 
And um, so when you when you uh, install the plugin, it will first uh, allow you to subscribe to people. So basically, it will ask you for for a website address of your friend, or you can like put a, a service where you know that like for for easy first starts that you know that has an RSS, RSS feed, and um, you input the the address, and it will show you a list of feeds that are available. Usually, it's one RSS feed that you want to, to use. And then you can click subscribe. And what that does is um, it actually creates a user, a WordPress user for this uh, new site, and downloads the RSS feed and creates new posts for this user um, for you to consume in uh, front-end UI. That's just slash friends to your blog URL. And that's only for you. So using this, you can at first just build up your own feed of, of, um, of content that you're interested in. And you could start with just news, and you could use it as a very normal RSS reader that has some added features like um, uh, rules, for example, so you can you can customize an incoming RSS feed and drop everything that you're not interested in. Um, and where it gets interesting when it comes to the private posting is when you actually connect to somebody else who also has the Friends plugin installed. So how it actually works is that it can set up a communication between two WordPresses. And um, through that communication, you can exchange private posts. So if we go back to the example from before, you would enter a URL of your friend where you know that they have a friend's plugin installed. Then your WordPress will reach out to their WordPress and tell them, we would like to become friends. On the other side, they will, the WordPress will create a new user with a WordPress role called pending friend request, uh, no friend request. And on your end, you will get a user with their domain name called pending friend request. So this resembles um, a normal friend request flow that you could see on something like Facebook. And as soon as they approve the friend request, both users switch their roles to friend. So that means that you can then actually visit their site and be logged in with your user at their end hmm. and vice versa. So this um, enables you both to consume content that they create, even if it's private. And um, you can actually, there's two different types of roles. We can also call them just acquaintance and then they will not have access to the private posts. But the additional benefit is that you can then, when you go through the friend's user interface and click on their link, you will be logged into their site and can comment with an already created user. And therefore, um, this eliminates uh, the need to like accept spam comments, so to speak. So you can actually turn off comments um, for logged out users and just accept comments from logged in users. And all your friends will be logged in users. So um, this allows you to, uh, so this connection is the backbone of um, um, of this whole setup of creating a network between sites. Right, and um, 
recently I've also implemented direct messages so you can send a message to your friend versus just creating new posts or private posts. And um, for me personally, it has turned into a tool that's a very convenient way of consuming the web. Um, there are lots of, there, or I don't know, I think we're at six plugins at the moment that are plugins for the friends plugin itself. And uh, so you can extend it to your liking. One thing uh, is, for example, post collections, where you can save posts that arrive in your feed and collect them for later use, or you can collect them into a new um, feed that you could call shared posts and make that feed available via RSS to friends again. So what I'm trying to build here is all the convenient features of um, social network services built in your own WordPress um, through technology that's widely used. So if you want to share something like a retweet or a reblog, you can put this into a shared posts feed and your friends can subscribe to that as well. So it's possible to have a, a sort of public facing version of your friend website where feeds that you're consuming are shown. Have, have I understood that correctly? Yes, there is also, uh, in, in the UI, it's called your public friends page, and it's just a regular um, WordPress page that you can modify to your liking. So this would be the equivalent of a, um, of a profile page on a social network. So you can, if you decide to, you can uh, use a Gutenberg block that lists your friends you can use a Gutenberg block that allows people to join your network by providing a form where they can enter their own address. Um, the Friends plugin also provides uh, the ability to set the visibility for each block. So you can do things on your own profile page, like show a personal message to your friends and mark that block in Gutenberg as for friends only, and then have a message for your not friends and tell them how you could become friends or tell them more about you that you want the world to know. How how has the, the traction for the plugin gone? I mean, peculiarly, this is a plugin which, obviously, the, the bigger the user base, the more utilitarian it becomes. You know, if you were to design a, a plugin which was something utterly different, like a forms plugin, then your user base is simply using the plugin more and more forms are being sent out with your plugin but in this case the more people that use it the more interesting it becomes because well there's just more people in that network in the same way that facebook became interesting because there were loads of people on facebook how's the traction going have you have you seen people sort of installing this and adopting it and using it well the interesting aspect is i'm not tracking it like there is no nice. tracking at all nice answer so um all i know is the WordPress plugin, WordPress.org plugin stats that have downloads per day. Um, but I don't really like, I don't care too much because there is a personal aspect to me for that as well. Like, I know that it is a tool that can help people build up their community, but I personally, I'm connected to my friends um, through the plugin. But whatever, how many other people are using it, um, I can only use indicators for that. So, one indicator is, for example, um, pull requests for the plugin. But that only concerns people who are um, 
who feel uh, fit enough to actually contribute something. Um, so I had a few contributions, but first and foremost, it's um, something that just makes sense for using yourself. You can you can use the friends plugin, even though it's called friends by yourself and just subscribe to people and use the, the features that allow you to um, yeah, get everything from a friend into into one feed. Um, one aspect of that is also that um, it makes use of something that you might haven't heard in a while, post formats, <laughs> yeah. um, which is a feature that has been in WordPress for a long time, yeah. but is underutilized. Um, it allows you to basically tag your posts as being of a certain content. So there's like uh, audios, audio image status, and um, the plugin makes use of the post formats to categorize the content. So for example, I've got this friend who posts um, like normal posts to, to their blog, but they have a Twitter feed. So I subscribe to their Twitter messages and they go into their their friends page on, on, on my WordPress, but with a status for, with a post format status, or they have a podcast. So everything from there comes in, in the audio post format. And that allows you to, also see your content filtered based on that. So I could just see what podcast episodes have been published by all of my friends or podcasts that have subscribed through that. So that's a pretty convenient way of um, segmenting uh, yeah, content you want to consume. Yeah, that's really nice. Uh, I really do appreciate the fact that you don't have any statistics because you're not tracking anything. That's just that's such, such a great answer. Um, the I guess if you are going to take the leap and you wish to explore this, one of the things which you would hope is that you would it would be relatively straightforward to to find other people who have installed the plugin and and are are keen to to sort of communicate with one another. How how do you how does the plugin help you with that? Maybe it doesn't help you with that. Maybe you have to find people in the real world and in some way connect. Or is there some sort of indicator that somebody's got a, a public friends URL over here? Um, you know, in other words, you're offering friend suggestions, perhaps. Yeah. So there's nothing to that. Um, you basically at the moment you have to find people who also have it installed or ask your friend who you know they have. a a WordPress blog, like, why don't you install the plugin and we can become friends and exchange messages through that. But um, it does advertise the friends plugin to the outside world by um, basically in your HTML, it, it adds a, a link HTML tag that you could search. Um, I think it's not a very viable way of crawling the whole web and trying to find the needle in the haystack for the few people who probably probably have the plugin installed. But um, f I've actually also created a, a browser extension um, that allows you something that I, I'm always curious about is what feeds does a site offer? And many WordPress sites offer by standard uh, a feed for the posts and a feed for the comments. Um, but if if you use post formats, um, there might be separate feeds for all the status messages that they have or all the image posts that they do. Mm. So this small browser extension that I've created is, it's all local. So it will just, um, alongside as you browse the web, it will 
um, parse the HTML and check what what feeds does this site have. And uh, we'll list them out and you can view them. But you can also enter your own blog address and then it will add additional options for like adding this site as your friend. And that's a way how to see that the friend's plugin is installed on another page. But in practice, maybe it doesn't really matter in the beginning if they have it installed. You Initially, you want to follow probably the person with what they're up to and um, make use of some of the features in the friends plugin. Like you're interested about this tiny thing that they're working on or big thing that they're working on, but you might not be so interested in, in the personal um, photos that they're posting. So you could just filter those out. Right, right. Um, another question um, is around how you're using it personally. You know, I'm just curious as to see what amount of use you're giving it as opposed to the the traditional social networks, <laughs> traditional social networks. That's Is that even a phrase? The, the ones that we all know of. Are you are you finding yourself dipping into this more and more? Is it becoming something where you are getting benefit out of it, and it's become it's kind of taking over the role that the that the other social networks once had? Um, I think, like I use it a lot for consuming, also because there's not uh, like there's a couple of friends who've installed it. Like I've got I think thirteen friends connected at the moment. Um, where we exchange uh, posts, but in general, it can also act as a tool for consuming content. And two big things that I haven't really seen elsewhere that I'm using a lot are notifications um, via email, um, where basically I can have a fine-grained selection of blogs or news outlets that are interesting to me where I can get basically like a personal newsletter based on the content that comes in. So I've throughout the day I receive a couple of, of emails with full text posts of um, what I'd be interested in. And for some blogs that I am especially interested in that uh, write long form posts that are usually interesting for me to read, I've got this plugin that will actually send um, that post directly to my e-reader where I can then consume it whenever uh, I have time to and peace to to consume the content. So um, it will convert the incoming RSS feed item to an EPUB or Kindle if you have one, Kindle for, like the Kindle format Mobi, and then send, send it to the device. So I, I get joy of opening up my e-reader and having like three new long form blog post articles there for me to read when I have the piece to do so. That's absolutely brilliant. I, I use my e-reader a lot and I could well imagine that that would be something that I would be really interested in because it, it's such a nice experience reading on that device. And uh, it, it's, you know, it's just a, a preferable way of doing it. And a lot of the long form content, I find it's it's hard to keep staring at the screen. So I, I, I think that's marvelous. Yeah. So, um, the website again is wpfriends.at. Um, I think that I've asked all of the questions that I was um, hoping to to ask about. Is there any is there anything that you feel that we missed? Any feature that you wanted to raise that we didn't manage to get to? Um, I don't think 
from the feature perspective, there's there's a few features that I'm I'm currently working on that will be coming to the plugin soon. Um, one thing is, for example, automatic status posts, where if you so the, the plugin has this option to actually uh, use emoji reactions on posts. So you could give a post a thumbs up or thumbs down or whatever emojis you choose you want to give it. And um, one of the nice things about Facebook that it does is it tells you like your friend is up to this or that. And this is a resembling feature of that. So it will create a new draft post saying like, I have given thumbs up to this post. And that could be interesting to a friend who's interested in like what interesting posts have I been reading. Um, so that will be an, an option soon yeah, where nice. you can choose like what it will basically uh, create a bit of a feed based on your actions, um, but in a privacy sensitive way. So it will create draft posts first and then there will be a UI where you can just um, either whitelist certain posts or um, like manually uh, publish those drafts. That's a, um, yeah, that's nice. Uh, uh, sorry, I think I interrupted. You carry on if right. you had more. <laughs> um, and the other the other aspect that I just wanted to mention is that um, uh, the the blog to blog messaging is um, it's basically a way of using direct messages, but um, I've actually started to use Gutenberg for that. So you can send messages to your friends using embeds or whatever Gutenberg offers to you uh, formatted messages. So you can send that back and forth um, in a formatted way. So that's that's also something that I could see as being pretty interesting. Yeah, so the like I said, the plugin you can find at wpfriends.at. There was, it just occurred to me one other question, I hope you don't mind, and that is I'm curious to know what... What kind of infrastructure do you need to put this on? I'm, I'm thinking about, obviously, if you connect a lot of things and it's consuming a lot of information, the, you know how the database starts to look after six months and so on. I'm just wondering what kind of level of hosting do you need? You know, how big does the database get? What what would you what would your thoughts on that be? Um, on the one hand, for each of your feeds, you can actually um, set like put in place settings for I only want to keep so many posts there. So you can say like only keep the last 14 days or only the last 20 posts. So that way you can limit high volume feeds um, to smaller amounts. I personally, I have like it installed on a, on a server where there's like lots of disk space. So I don't really care that much. Mm -hmm. um, I think like I've I've started to work on the plugin in 2018, and I think I'm at one gigabyte or something. Okay. Um, um, but for me, it's also a bit of a personal archive because it means as soon as you have your the posts in there, you can search them, of course, because it's in a WordPress database. And if I remember, I've read about this or that, um, I can just search the database. So that's my personal way of like archiving things that I found interesting. But you can also use it in a slim way by just um, turning up those those toggles that will keep the database small. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, that's good to know. Okay, thank you for that. Traditionally, at the end of the podcast, I, I ask people to l 
well, to tell us where they can be found on the internet, which typically involves like a Facebook page or a Twitter handle or something. Uh, I am going to ask the same question, but um, curious to see what your response will be. What's the best way of um, getting in touch with you, should we wish to? Well, I suppose my my blog is the best one. That's alexander.kirk.at. Yet again, AT for Austria. Um, And it has all the ways how you can contact me. I've got a form there, but you can also send me a friend request. Um, And then we could send messages through that. But um, I am on Twitter, and uh, on Twitter I'm at akirk. Uh, But yeah, the blog has all the information, and it's the address where you can find me. Okie doke. Thank you very much. Alex, a really, really interesting project and uh, I really appreciate you spending some time with us today and telling us all about the Friends plugin. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I certainly hope that you enjoyed that episode. It was lovely chatting to Alex all about the problems of using social networks and, of course, his WordPress plugin Friends, the solution possibly to all of that. Have a look in the show notes. There's a boatload of links in there, some of the stuff that we mentioned in the podcast and some of it we actually didn't, but loads of links to resources that Alex feels would be useful. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by AB Split Test. Do you want to set up your A-B split test in record time? The new A-B split test plugin for WordPress will have you up and running in a couple of minutes. Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress block editor. And you can check it out and get yourself a free demo at absplittest.com. Okay, we will be back next week. Perhaps it will be a chat with David Wormsley and myself. We tend to flip and flop between interviews like we had today and discussions where I chat with David Wormsley. So very likely next week it'll be a chat with him. We also do our This Week in WordPress episode. That goes out live 2pm UK time, wpbuilds.com forward slash live. And then we push it out on a Tuesday. And if you subscribe, like I suggested at the beginning of the podcast, well, then you'll be kept up to date in your email inbox about all of that. So enjoy the week. I hope you stay safe. I'm going to fade in some cheesy music and say bye-bye for now. Bye.